0: And welcome back. This week, we're taking a look at a truly genre defining moment and a very influential piece of cinema history. This week's real good movie, The Truman Show.
1: Give me some light. Is that the best you can do? Cut transmission. I like your pen.
0: I was wondering that myself. Jim Carrey, The Truman Show. Watch what happens. You're Truman! Truman! All right everybody welcome back to this is I think the 4th yeah, number four. We're on four now. Four episode of real good movies. Four deep, and that's how many views our last episode has, so <laughs> as of this recording, so nice. Uh, fingers <laughs> crossed it'll be picking up. Uh, this week, as you may or may not know, uh, after the camera stopped rolling last week, we decided on a movie, uh, so we have the next couple weeks picked out, and this week is The Truman Show from 1998. Follows the story of, if you haven't seen it for some reason, Truman Burbank, uh, Jim Carrey, and the final days, uh, or moments, I guess you could say before realizing he's the subject of a global tv show what what initial thoughts when we decided on truman show what was going through your mind i love this movie i've seen it a thousand times i love jim
1: carrey in this role i love that it's a departure from all of his work both before yep. or up until this role and i was just really excited to watch it again and be able to dissect it a little bit and talk about sure. it
0: yeah What? Well, when was the last time you think you watched this movie
1: It's been quite a while. I've probably haven't seen this in a good four years, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's uh, what what I, I turned it on last night. Actually, I couldn't find It's not streaming anywhere here. So I had to go f- scavenge for a, or search for a copy. And I found cool. one at a local shop for two bucks. So uh, we ended up watching that light, last night, me and my producer. Um, she made a point. She said, we haven't watched this movie since we lived at home with my parents. So it's been a long time since I saw this movie. And every time I watch it, I get either a new take or there spawns a new discussion about this movie. Is it one of those movies for you when you talk about it with people? Yeah,
1: 100% it's got layers to it. It's one of those movies that every single time you watch it, you discover something different. You have a different perspective on it. You have this time, you know, watching it, I was very enthralled by Jim Carrey's performance. And I don't feel like I was before. I feel like probably the first time or two that I watched it, I was interested in his less comedic take on the role or or I guess a less comedic role for him. Sure. And this time I was able to just kind of tear that apart and look at him as an actor and how he, how he approached the role and everything. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a different experience every time for me that I've seen this movie.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned Jim Carrey a couple times. times. Um, apparently on set, people weren't uh, cast and crews weren't allowed to either quote or mention his earlier uh, kind of silly work. I guess you could say dumb and dumber. He made 94. Uh, I don't know what else he, he, he had before Truman show.
1: Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, okay. uh, one <laughs> those, were, those were his pretty big ones. I don't know it, what year ma- The Mask came out, but it was definitely before 98. So right, so he mask, definitely,
0: um, you can say for sure he has a, a type, and he came out of that, that type in this movie. I think personally, next to Eternal Sunshine, this uh, is always in the talk for Jim Carrey's best performance.
1: I appreciate this a little more than Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, I do really enjoy that movie a lot, but a common theme that we've discussed here over and over again, you know, over the course of these uh, four movies that we've done and, and is, is the actors in these roles. And and if they were meant for these roles, if somebody else could play these roles and all that. And I know we'll get into that later and everything. Yes. But Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind always feels like somebody else could have done it. They could have uh, cast, Anybody or not anybody, but a lot of different people in that role and different takes and it would have been fine or, or, or whatever. But I feel like there's two roles for Jim Carrey that just no one else could could hold a candle to, and one is this, and the other is the mask. As silly as it is, I don't see anybody else playing that either. So, yeah,
0: that's a very, very good point. I'm, I'm all, all, uh, all for the Jim Carrey at this point in his career. It's, uh, it's, it's a serious movie. It's not a comedy. There are comedy elements, and I think that's what really makes this movie tick and why it means a lot to so many people. This movie focuses on his final days as a, a reality TV star. It's emotional it's funny and it's thought provoking and what more can you ask for in a movie
1: yeah and it's very thought provoking this is one of those movies especially if you take yourself back to uh 98 99 you know that that time frame there wasn't i can't say there wasn't a lot out like this but there wasn't a lot out like this for this kind of audience people that had grown up maybe with jim carrey who who followed him through you know the really early 90s with uh, you know some of the movies we just discussed ace hmm. Ventura, the mask uh, dumb and dumber stuff like that and then followed him to this and and really helped those people to look at i don't know deeper cuts in cinema or, or sure. some, some more thought provoking things some more cerebral uh, movies and
0: stuff. yeah so i always when I think down that alley of cerebral thought provoking, almost human experiment type movies, uh, this is the, the first one I can really think of unless, unless you can think of something that, that started something before like the Truman show, but beforehand,
1: there's not much I can think of. I know there's some similar stuff out there. And of course, of course we already mentioned eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, which is in its its own right, you know, something completely different, but it still kind of has those elements. So does something like vanilla sky, uh, Maybe Ed TV, which was more of a comic, uh, sorry, a comedic approach at it. Sure. Um, and there's things out there. There's definitely things like uh, the Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, and stuff like that. And sure. as we get further down into our discussion in it and stuff like that, I do feel like I will, at least from my point of view, I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. Um sure. This is an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's all this is. This is 100% an episode of the Twilight Zone. This should have been made in the 60s with uh, Rod Serling announcing, or, or, or 50s. I can't even remember now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, before or, our time. But it has these these really uh, thought provoking big ideas that are a, a pinhole. You know, a small. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm going back and forth calling something it's big. Okay. And small <laughs> <things on. laughs> very exploited, very uh, thought provoking there and stuff like that. So it, it feels a lot like an episode of the twilight zone to me, sure. comedic approach. And then there coincidentally is a episode of the twilight zone in the eighties remake of the show or re uh, imagining of the show or, sure. or that almost is this uh they approach it a different way but it's it's a guy who they open the episode with a man looking in his bathroom mirror and then the mirror falling and then there's a camera behind it and that's oh wow the opening of the of this episode there so
0: yeah of course every story is going to be told twice it's yeah, just the way it works it's whatever one is louder and I, for me I, I i you're probably you're definitely right there is stuff out there that definitely influenced the truman show but when i think of social experiment movies after the truman show uh they really do take off the concept of of human thought and interaction and instinct uh becomes more prominent i i would say in like horror movies and you said this last week when we were talking about uh truman show there's a sci-fi horror element to the truman show and then you notice in these these movies like saw escape room horror more of the horror genre where you get these social experiment movies um what do you have any thoughts on on how this movie influenced that genre, maybe?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like this influenced a lot of up-and-coming writers, filmmakers, all of that, actors even. This was something that was pretty big when it came out. A lot of people were talking about this. Again, you have that departure there from... Jim Carrey, who is such a huge comedic star in the early 90s into the mid-90s and everything, even a little bit into the late 90s, and then he does this, and it catches everybody off guard. Everybody sees this movie, and everybody has an opinion on it. So uh, this definitely influenced a lot of those up-and-coming filmmakers and writers at that point. I could definitely see this as being something that probably influenced even people like uh, Jordan Peele and stuff like that. You know, It's definitely that's- something
0: that's out there. A really good observation yeah great great call i would love i'm sure jordan peele movies will show up on this uh eventually too you're you're a big horror guy right you would say absolutely 100
1: uh, I, I love horror a lot
0: i try to keep up on horror but i think that's what everybody starts their movie interest with and then they kind of sure. blossom from there what elements of having seen oh you've obviously seen a lot of horror stuff what elements of this movie scream horror to you
1: well it's just a horrifying thought the premise in general that your life is being uh, captured and viewed by other people and you don't know it. I mean, that's a terrifying thought that, that anybody would just be watching you that uh, what's the term voyeurism Um, that you're, you're being watched and you don't know it. It comes up a lot in, and just in culture, uh, government spying on people uh, things like this. Nobody wants to be watched. Everybody wants those private intimate moments kept private and intimate. And then you, have that out for the world to see and your friends and neighbors and and stuff. And it makes you feel obviously very vulnerable, but there's another term that I can't even think of, you know, that it it describes there. So it's horrifying in itself just to think that somebody's watching you.
0: Yeah, that was, I think that's the biggest thing I can take away as far as horror, uh, knowing that your whole life is a lie that is scary to people and there was something about the way this movie was filmed it was a bubbly it was light everybody's friendly i know and i was reading doing some reading about this movie and they said that the original script was far darker uh truman was presented with like moral conflicts about women getting assaulted how he would deal with that kind of stuff they decided to go with a lighter more uh utopian feel would you agree that sometimes in a utopian world like i for with cc haven i think it was called their their town yeah is a little more creepy than say you know just outright gotham
1: yeah it's it's definitely a lot creepier because you have that element that pleasantville element that everything is okay everything's safe here everything's fine and then you pull back the curtain a little bit and it's horrifying it's it's a terrifying world where there's so much corruption and, and so many bad things going on when you feel back just a little bit again with the, the same with with being watched all the time. It's a terrifying yeah. thought to just think you're safe and you're really not.
0: Yes, that's, a, that's an excellent way to put it. Um, the, the Wizard of Oz kind of what's behind the curtain. Oh, it's yikes. <laughs> it's yeah. not what we wanted. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about the title, the poster and the box art for this movie. I don't know how you feel about titles uh, and or posters slash box art, you know, it's hand in hand. I think I'm a firm believer that the title is one of the most important things and the box art or pull the poster as well, because when you're thinking movies, unless you read the synopsis, you're going by the poster.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of times. Of, of course you have that title uh, a lot of times. And I, I feel like, you know, these critically acclaimed movies and, and stuff that people talk about a lot. Really sum up everything in a word or two. That's really important. Sometimes you you veer off from that. We were just talking about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and that's a yep. sentence in in itself. And and that's that's not the norm. That's not normally what you see uh, for for these types of movies. But uh. but it does. It has to convey a lot. It's the same thing with the with the title of anything a book, a comic, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You really have to be short and sweet and and get hooked like right away. Uh, yeah. The Truman Show. Invokes a lot of, of feeling without knowing what that means, without knowing what that is. Yes. Uh, now you're, what's Truman? What's why is there a show? This is a yeah. movie. What's going on? You know, it, it presents a lot of questions. Whereas something that makes you think and stuff like that, like The Matrix, doesn't. So I I feel like the title here was pretty important, and definitely like you were saying with the with the theatrical posters, with the with the cover art and stuff like that. Obviously, very very important. That also yep. has to draw you in. It can't uh, be so brash as to beat you over the head with what's yeah. going on. I mean, you don't want to see a uh, a Thor type of poster for yeah. something you know more cerebral like this. Yeah, you want to kind of be left in the dark, but sure. You also need those little hints, like this one does. So
0: yeah, it's one of those great movie posters because it basically sums up the movie. All in a quick snapchat, you know. St. Truman is—it's uh, his face on the, this massive TV. Day ten thousand nine hundred nine. You're 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 wondering, hey, what's going on? You start hearing buzz about the movie, and the poster is—it's uh, one of uh, my favorite posters all time. Uh, I don't know how how if you're as uh, fired up about that movie poster as me, but <laughs> well, I guess
1: this time now you saying that. I I enjoy this poster. It's it's a great sure. movie poster. It's it's a classic. Uh, you could pick that out of any lineup. You know, take the title away, take Jim Carrey away, and recreate it yourself or whatever, and you sure. can still identify it definitely. I don't know that beforehand i would say that it was one of the greatest of all time but i could definitely see why it would be to somebody so
0: yeah there is an art to posters i swear to you yeah we'll have a we'll have an episode solely based on movie posters
1: i love that (laughs) we could go over hundreds of them
0: so we good and bad we'll pick our five (laughs) worst five best anyways that's another episode (laughs) stay tuned uh did you have any any points of of contention you wanted to bring up any initial thoughts
1: again i touched on the fact that this is Uh, a twilight zone episode to me i don't mean that in the way that that yes i did point out there is a twilight zone episode that predates this that's very similar i'm not calling uh that they were maybe borrowing or stealing or, or, or anything like that that's that's not my intentions here it just has that feel of a twilight zone of course it's not as presented as creepy or whatever there's a lot uh lighter tone to this there's all of those comedic elements that are intertwined with with the dramatic beats that are intertwined with the the really thought provoking cere- cerebral stuff that we keep mentioning. Yeah. Um, but if you strip that away and you just take the synopsis for what it is, take Jim Carrey out of the mix, this is a Twilight Zone episode, one hundred percent. That's that's what it is.
0: Awesome. So that that's what the consensus I think we're coming to. Yeah, is that this is this isn't a, a horror a sci fi movie. This is a horror movie
1: yeah it it has to be uh and then kind of whenever you get into the end of the movie we already know what's coming we already yeah. see it uh, it doesn't have that traditional twist that a twilight zone episode has or anything like that so it does veer off there but if you just take it there for what it is and how how the movie wraps up and everything that's how it feels to me i i'm i'm i i studied the twilight zone i watched sure. I've, I've seen every episode of the twilight zone a thousand times over um and that's what this feels like to me. It is a Twilight Zone episode uh, with a comedic edge to it with Jim Carrey in that role instead. Yeah.
0: When you watch a lot of these types of movies, having seen the Twilight Zone as much, do you see, uh, obviously you don't have to go into specific examples, but a lot of influence uh, from these episodes in current day horror or current day sci-fi? I feel like I see it almost in everything,
1: especially once you take that the stuff that totes the line, the the horror sci-fi and, sure. and all of that, the, for lack of a better word, I, I know I've said it a hundred times already since we've started recording this, but that mm-hmm. cerebral thought provoking sure. art piece there, you know, it's very twilight Zony and, and they kind of did it first. So, and, and there were so many episodes. I mean, of course there, you're going to get that feeling from it. So, okay.
0: yeah, it, it's always good to get an interesting take on, you know, stuff. I'm not well versed in the yeah, twilight zone. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't lie to you. I haven't seen much of it. So, i watched the dead zone i don't know if that's the same thing recently no. with christopher walken
1: yeah very different but
0: uh. okay then never mind i don't know <laughs> i don't know any twilight zone uh just one little fact about the sci-fi they originally wanted to set this movie in new york but they changed it to the to the fictional town of Sea Haven. i think that's what it's called uh to feel less sci-fi um we talked about the town earlier obviously uh do you think that made it a little more sci- less sci-fi or, or more horror
1: yeah. I, I feel like it did both. And I kind of read some of the same stuff. They were, the original screenplay was going to be set in New York. He was going to be, uh, Truman up against a lot of these different elements that he's not up against in, in this finalized version and everything. Yeah. And it sounds of course, like a completely different movie to me. It sounds a lot less enjoyable if, if I'm being honest with you. It doesn't sound like a movie yeah. I wouldn't enjoy, but it doesn't seem like it would encapsulate everything that this is able to, uh, yeah. by any means. Um, Having that set, uh, that New York, which I believe that I read was in in the screenplay, going to be like a recreation of New York, okay, you know, in a a smaller uh, setting or maybe with some of the same elements. Maybe he can't leave a specific area or or whatever it is. But I don't like that as much. I don't like that big city vibe with all these people around with uh, with Truman set up against all of this this backdrop of horrible things happening. I like this safe, almost ambiguous in time uh, community. Yes.
0: Great point. I was going to bring that up. I forgot to write it down that I don't know what time, cause they're swing dancing at one point, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but then they're driving cars and there's a beetle with a dented fender. Sure. I'm not sure you're right. Very good point. Very good point. Well, I like that part of it too. And it was
1: in the back of my mind every time I had seen it before, but really yeah. watching it this time, I kind of, made myself more aware that, okay, it, it's super ambiguous. Everyone kind of looks like this uh, Dick Van Dyke-esque time yeah. frame or, or whatever. Of course, we do have shots of whatever car they're in. Maybe it's a Ford Taurus or something that he's sure. something, something along those lines uh, that's more modern. So So there are little elements of that in there. We're just expected to probably think that this was present day, but set away in a different a different awesome universe, universe, I guess, yeah. quite literally, <laughs> exactly.
0: right? Yeah. A multiverse, as they call them nowadays. <laughs> <It's worse. laughs> I just wanted to point out one thing before we go to the special awards. This movie was filmed, and I don't know if you noticed, uh, when almost, a lot of shots in this show almost feel like you're watching the show verbatim, and there, there's there's hidden cams, and the lenses are different, and the, the shots are taken from different perspectives, it never feels like a traditionally filmed movie. You always have that voyeuristic uh, shots that you're getting of, of Truman and the surroundings.
1: They definitely needed that. I wouldn't say that. I, I guess I can't say without the hindsight, you know, that I expect that. Yeah but you do have elements of the neighbor you know with the uh, camera on his trash can and stuff and then we go back and forth from from seeing his view in the car yeah. from the stereo to, or the yes, play on the radio cool. and all of that but yeah i i really enjoy the way this was filmed it's it's nice it's uh it's interesting what they do with the camera on this
0: pivotal to the movie i think that if you just film it like a normal movie you lose that sense of of voyeurism I guess, for the third time this episode, <laughs> third and last time this episode. So, hey, that's OK. We'll bring it back. Don't worry. That's okay. we'll, yeah. You know, <laughs> in future episodes. Uh, I guess we can get to the special awards that mean nothing. These are the, actually better than Oscars. <laughs> yeah, of course. But, As always, we can start with best scene. Now, for me, this was really tough because from the first the opening scene, after he does his little bit in the mirror, the skylight falls right in front of Truman. It, it hits, and you know from there, that's when the revelations start to roll. It yeah, starts and to
1: snowball. It, it's great. Sorry to interrupt, but it's, it's great okay. how how it throws you in right there at the beginning almost. Of yeah. course, like you said, we have that opening scene, or rather we have kind of two opening scenes, um, and then that happens. I feel like in somebody else's hands, and in, in a different uh, screenwriter's hands or something, they would have built the world a little bit more before this happened. Sure. And I really appreciate the way that you're just thrown in and you're, this whole thing starts falling apart from the beginning. I like that.
0: Yep. Now I, I totally agree. So it's really, really tough for me to pick one specific scene. There were a couple of moments that either made me laugh or stood out. And I'm sure you got a, some as well. I'll just mention what I got sure. when Truman and his wife are about to, to engage in intercourse, the two cops, it cuts to the two cops watching the TV show <laughs> and they explain to us the viewer that they don't really show uh, you know sex on the show they don't they don't show that at all and uh, that part really really made me laugh and chuckle at how meta that 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 moment was
1: yeah and it's it's played well too i definitely think that there would be a way for these small exposition dumps to to be annoying or to be a little too much in the context of of what this movie is It works very well to have characters kind of gathered around the TV, watching it together, how important this thing is to pop culture and how important it is to the characters in this film that they sit around and discuss these things. And we're just kind of along for the ride to hear that exposition works really well.
0: As soon as his father sees him at the bus station, I guess he encounters his, his deceased father. The music gets really intense. The, the the pace quickens and everyone's cutting off Truman left and right. Cars are pulling in front of him as he tries to get to his father. One of my favorite scenes, because I, like I said, you can start at the, where the light fell on the ground, but from when he sees his father on, it's, it's a hundred miles an hour after that.
1: Yeah. And those are some of my favorite scenes as well. Uh, when, when we get to it, I'll explain what mine is, but, yeah. but I, I love the, the pacing, the blocking of, of those. I love how they're set up. We're along for the ride to view this reality show from that perspective, from a yeah. perspective almost of a bystander, almost of, of an extra Truman and almost of an audience member as well, yeah. you where know, we're, we're everybody rolled up into one in this thing. And it's great to see how they cut off those certain things, the little uh, things that they have in place to ensure that Truman doesn't find out he's being film, televised, whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, very, very true. Um, what, uh, what do you have? What made your shortlist?
1: Actually, my favorite scene is that tense car scene where Truman and Merrill, uh, where, where Truman traps Merrill in, in, in the car and then they go to drive out of town. And it's, it's a long scene. If you mm-hmm. take it, you know, as long as it is uh, with them trying to cut through the neighborhood with all the cars coming out of the roads with, with it getting stopped with, with him turning around and going the other way uh, yeah. with the nuclear, uh, well first it was a forest fire that they they passed yeah, through yeah through, uh lockdown whatever. Yeah, it, it, um,
0: that one scene you're right that whole sequence is a part where the cop says uh no problem truman mm-hmm. having never met truman yeah before. Yeah.
1: And, yeah and it kind of wraps up like that it's great uh i i love it it's it, it feels like it, it it just does so much there it explains so much to us with all of the dialogue without all the exposition we're shown and and that's what i appreciate and i know mm-hmm. you mentioned it before in a past episode too that show me don't tell me uh yep. aspect of filmmaking i yep. love it and and they execute it flawlessly here
0: R- really well I, I agree that is a, a great sequence i, I i'm gonna I, that's gonna get my vote unless you have other scenes
1: that was my favorite. So that so was favorite. Okay. I, uh, I I again kind of where you spoke about what happened with his dad and everything and, and yeah. the way he walked off uh, kind of tells into that. But yeah,
0: it, it's tough to pick one scene because this whole movie is a sequence. Yeah. Of just great great moments. Um, even between the two characters when Truman is talking with uh, Marlon at the vending machine oh yes great conversation not dry none of it's dry Uh, and it's great that they they were able to put like a a series of scenes all together and it's hard to to pick just one so
1: sure and you really have to appreciate what jim Carrey's doing there uh he has these great comedic chops or or maybe not you know he has these uh (laughs) these childish and impressions and loud voices and funny faces and stuff or, or whatever or whatever jim carrey was doing up until this point but you look at what he does there and how he, how he gets himself and and Marlon out of that scene where he tries to make the loud scene where he's clapping really loud. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's where, where they're leaving out the front door and he's talking about, you know, making plans for, for his birthday and stuff like that. He, he has these great comedic undertones there that he pulls off really well.
0: That brings us to the next category. Worst scene. Uh, Mm -hmm. This might be a tough one. My my only thought, and I can't say it's the worst scene because something maybe I, I little nitpick of something I would have liked to have seen more or a little earlier in the scene, mm-hmm. is the behind-the-scenes stuff. The stuff with Ed Harris, the stuff with Paul Giamatti in the control room, uh, and the dynamic there, maybe a little bit more, uh, even if it's relevant to the story. I mean, you could make Christoph; he is half the story. Um, yeah. You could add a little bit more. That's, that's probably my biggest, um, I can't even call it a worst scene because it's just something I would add.
1: Yeah, uh, that's interesting that you point that out because I hadn't really thought about that at all. Those are some of my. I'm conflicted about those, those parts of okay. this movie because I, I do really like them uh, and they serve a great purpose. And of course, we have huge star power right there. Uh, yeah. I love seeing Paul Giamatti on screen anytime in any movie uh, th- that I can think of. Um, he's a fun, really fun actor, really great character almost every time I see those scenes, I do want to see more of what Truman's doing. I do want to see more uh, of what's going on around him okay, and, and less of that. So I'm kind of conflicted there. I, I, I love it and makes me uh, want to see more of
0: the Truman show at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> That's fair. Did you have a nominee or, or a choice for worst uh, worse scene?
1: Yeah. Uh, and again, me with my caveats, I always have to do this. I'm, I'm sure. an explainer. So uh, okay. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like to, just take the opportunity to say when I'm pulling out a worse scene in a movie or something like I'm going to do that in, in my favorite movie, I'm going to do sure, that in, in a, in a 10.0. Um, because I feel like that's what we're here to do. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, somebody hired us and, and they're paying us millions of dollars to do this or, or anything like that. Not but, yet,
0: not <laughs> yeah, yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. but, um, I almost feel like that's my duty here. Like, I want to pick these things out. I want to pull them apart. And I want to say here, in my opinion is what would have made this a little better. Uh, Here's what really worked for me. Here's what didn't. So, so I'm always going to take that initiative to try to point something out. The reason that I pull this is almost for the whole subplot of it and not for the specific scene. It is the stuff with Lauren uh, who's, i don't know Of interest different names in the movie but uh but she plays lauren on the show I believe
0: I believe that's her character's name the woman he he was actually in love with and he made yeah, the yeah. the cutouts of yes, yeah. yes it's
1: it's her subplot I don't mind it at first i I actually appreciate the stuff at the school and the stuff in the library sure. or the study hall or whatever wherever they are um and and even the stuff at the beach i do like that I like that uh how that escape happens. They send in that actor to play her dad to pull her yes. off. stage and say she does. This was all with all of her boyfriends. I yeah. love that. I love that. It's, I didn't like the way that it came back towards, towards the end of the movie, towards that, uh, where she calls in on the, I, I don't know what we're calling yeah, it. Yeah. The <laughs> Ed Harris show. Yeah. Yeah. But where she calls in and, and immediately yeah. we get, Oh no, stop. Hold on. It's okay. Let it happen. This is a voice we all recognize. I didn't yeah. like that because that's, the only point I can think of off the top of my head that took me out of the movie because i am it's hard for me to suspend my disbelief whenever a line like that is delivered, whenever something like that is, is is said because think of how many people are watching this show. Think of how many times maybe they've done these after show call-ins or whatever. Sure. Uh, and then just just from that line, he remembers her voice and he wants to have her come on and say her piece about it. I didn't really like that. I felt like that could have definitely not been in the movie and i would have been a little happier there it's also a little too convenient for me sometimes some of these plot threads are just a tiny bit too convenient in these big hollywood movies yeah that you don't see in the more underground indie stuff because they don't have to write it that way sure. they don't have to include that wrap-up interest and everything and of course it doesn't wrap up like we would uh like some people probably hoped or would imagine here and everything but uh but I could have done without that. So for that reason, that's my,
0: (laughs) I think that just implying it by having him have the picture uh, with him when he's, he's on his way out, Mm -hmm. uh, implying it. You don't have to tell us to our face. We already know she's team Truman. We know she doesn't like Kristoff. It it goes without saying So to have that conference confrontation. It's you bring up a very valid point that maybe again, show don't tell.
1: Yeah, I would almost have loved to have seen something like. I understand the end of this movie. I I, I see what's going on there. We all do. It it wraps up very nicely. It's it's good. It's yeah. it's great the, the way that they end this movie. But I almost would have rather have that cut out and then seen him go through that uh, up those stairs and through that doorway, running out into a romantic scene in the pouring down rain where they embrace somewhere on the street. Yeah, (laughs) that would have been better to me than what was uh, done there.
0: What was actually given. Okay. No, that's, that's a valid point. It's, it's good to, when you put it into perspective, that's not something I would have ever thought of. Uh, So kudos to you. Great, great call out favorite character uh, slash actor. Uh, Obviously this is Jim Carrey's best performance. So we'll take him off the table (laughs) whenever they came on screen. What character were you excited to see?
1: I guess this time around, especially I was really excited to see Marlon. I really like him a lot. I like what they do with the character. I like the way that he reads those lines and the way that he acts here. He's, he does a great job. Uh, He does a wonderful job being the calm voice of reason for, for Truman in this. I, I really like that a lot. I feel like he even does a better job than, than Merrill does at keeping Truman at bay. He's his, he's his best friend you know for life he's his drinking buddy he's the guy he comes to, to to talk whenever he needs to get stuff off of his chest and it's just a good dynamic there and i like those two characters together and i really like him a lot uh,
0: it's a very good choice a solid choice there i'm going to go uh, his his other half his wife um, i think meryl actually i this isn't coincidental that their names Meryl for Meryl Streep and then Marlon for Marlon Brando. Yeah, uh, sure. A lot of a lot of things pulled from real life thrown in this movie. That's a whole nother, other fact, but I definitely liked Meryl. I liked looking forward to how is she going to squeeze this product in? She does it, I think, at first with a, a peeler or something she buys. She shows uh, Truman the, the item. Then she talks just it again with the, the lawnmower, the, the cocoa when they're having the argument, right? Yeah. So I was always excited to see what, what are they going to sell
1: those parts are great that's a a a wonderful part of this movie she is very good at at playing that 1950s housewife who's probably not in the 1950s uh yeah and, and and i i can agree with you there she does a wonderful job with her performance here and and she's also pretty damn great when she comes a little unhinged uh she's good at that as well so
0: yeah when when Truman grabs her with mm-hmm. that knife point uh you know her breakdown her she's going through this just like everybody else in the show and and uh, her her acting or her chops are really really shown there she's uh, really convincing and i really enjoyed look i look forward to those scenes when she's on camera so yeah definitely Uh, recasting is something we do all the time. One with our, our, well, I don't even know if he's our favorite actor, but he just keeps showing up in this show.
1: Well, yeah, why not? I
0: I guess we can go start with, uh, Nicholas Cage. Where does Nicholas Cage get a role in Truman show in your version of the Truman show?
1: He could definitely play Kristoff very, very well. He could, uh, again, we have the theme here of him, him overacting the shit out of things and he could just overact the shit out of that role that Ed Harris couldn't dream of doing. Um, I, I'd also love to see him as Truman. I could go either way, with that. Uh, main or not. Uh, I could see Nick Cage in there. So
0: my my note or my vote was for Christoph. Um, I think he he definitely plays that role. He hams it up a little bit in his Nicholas Cage way. Uh, he has the ability to act like Jim Carrey in that movie. That would have been around the the height of Nick Cage's career. So it's hard to maybe pass Nick Cage off as a 30 year old. That's, that might be the only issue you run into, but. uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean, that, that would be a lot of fun. You have these two heavyweights who are, who are great in their own right. Uh, Nick Cage more for the uh, action side of things and Jim Carrey more for the comedic side of things, but they're, You throw them both in here kind of out of their element and let them kind of punch their way out of a wet paper bag together in it. I'd love to see something
0: like that. (laughs) Yeah, in an alternate universe. Uh, Robin Williams was originally slated to play Truman. Do you think this movie loses its magic with Robin Williams?
1: I touched on it when we first opened up this conversation, and I will definitely touch on it again. I do truly feel like this is perfect casting. I don't think that anybody else could have played... This part in this movie be what it is with a different actor in that role. Not to say that they couldn't have made a great movie with Robin Williams, because Robin Williams obviously had a ton of range. Sure, uh, was a phenomenal actor, a, a great loss to uh, cinema and it's humankind. Um, he's not that screwball, as likable as Dick Van Dyckish as Jim Carrey. So I don't think that he pulls it off as well in this same film
0: that's a very good point that you say dick van dyke ish it's it's that dick van dyke is that era of that 50s retro era that they're going for so it fits in to the mold of the truman show because of his ability to adapt and and kind of become the character of truman who's in this you know ambiguous era like you said
1: And 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 we've we talked about it in our last episode when we were talking about Ocean's Eleven and we were discussing George Clooney having that Clark Gable appeal and everything. Yes. These kinds of things are very hard to pull off in different eras. And like I said, Robin Williams is a legend uh, that hardly anyone can touch. Yeah. But to have what Jim Carrey put out in his final product here was that I, I can't think of what the era is called. That uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know that that 1950s early 60s feel to it that mm-hmm. screwball aesthetic and everything that Jim Carrey can can pull off yeah I feel like Robin Williams is a genuine actor a very funny guy and very yeah. likable but he's not gonna pull that off in my opinion
0: hey that's a that's a fair assumption um everybody's got opinions we got it so you are not <laughs> safe on the show dead or alive so <laughs> it's not that we don't like Robin Williams because his movies will show up uh I'm sure down the road As far as directors, it was directed by Peter Weir, uh, Master and Commander. uh, That Mm -hmm. was nominated for Best Picture. And then Dead Poets Society, which I think we... Did we not mention last episode? Or no, that was Talented Mr. Ripley.
1: Yeah, we hadn't mentioned Dead Poets Society up until now. Uh, So (laughs) this is the first. Dead Poets Society count number one. (laughs) Can you edit in a little like ding? Okay, there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Done. (laughs) It was uh, a couple directors that were slated were David Cronenberg for, uh, I'm sure you've seen the fly. Yes. Right. So, (laughs) and, and Sam Raimi actually was considered to direct this film and Sam Raimi of obviously the evil dead and and, Spider-Man a couple other horror movies. Do you think um, that these, is there a coincidence that, you know, Cronenberg and Sam Raimi are these famous sci-fi horror directors?
1: Yes. Uh, It has to be a, a reason that they, were approached or, or offered this. Uh, and I do truly feel like I would love to see Sam Raimi's version of this Cronenberg. uh, That's interesting. I have no idea what you do with this material, but he would not play it as straight as this. I can guarantee that. So I'd actually love to see that as well, but I think it would be a very different movie. Raimi on the other hand, I feel like could deliver a somewhat similar product.
0: For sure, he he's capable of it. You I you've seen Spider Man one and two. They're not they sci fi movies, but they're not they're more closer to dramas than they are horror. So it's a totally genre total genre change. I think Peter Weir is the better choice because uh, you know Master Commander and Dead Poet Society. They're more I shouldn't say Master Commander is more of a grounded comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more into the comedy uh, happy go lucky stuff than than say the sci fi of Cronenberg and Sam Raimi. So. I think they struck gold with Peter Weir and his his touch on on the the happy go lucky town of Seahaven.
1: Yeah, definitely. He was a, a great choice and did a pretty damn flawless job. So, yeah, for sure.
0: What has aged the best? Um, I think a product of this movie is reality TV. That's exactly what
1: I had written down. So we're on the same page there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's a this movie spawned reality TV. It, it it opened reality TV with the biggest what if in history that you could possibly think of. And so we're always trying to scratch that itch of of watching real humans compete against each other.
1: It's interesting you say that because I only did a, a, a just a quick search to see what reality TV was like in 1998 uh, 97, you know, maybe 96 when when this was floating around or whatever uh and there is reality tv out there earlier than this uh but reality tv like we know it and reality uh-huh. tv that this is kind of based off of really wasn't a thing that I, that i was made aware of by sure. searching uh this is kind of what you get more uh, of course we know most of these things are at, at the very least somewhat scripted but sure. but uh, the kim kardashian type of things the those kinds of shows, this is more of a a glimpse into their so-called boring everyday yeah. life and, and what they do. And that's kind of what this is. And I don't see that existing before this. So, yeah. so I do feel like you are 100% correct there.
0: Awesome. We are first, <laughs> uh, our first unanimous decision, reality TV has aged the best. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there anything that ages poorly on this movie that you watch in 2022 and you say, well, that's 1990s? Again, from that critical
1: lens, from that uh, looking at something and tearing it apart and and trying my damnedest to find something, no. No? (laughs) Nothing. Straight up. (laughs) I
0: was expecting more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I tried. Um, Okay. Like I said, I think that the approach here, and uh, whether it was a a studio note or whether it was uh, in the screenplay, whether it was the director's decision, whoever decided to make the time of this ambiguous yeah. to the extent that they did really nailed it with that. That really helped this movie a lot.
0: Yep. I agree. And there's like a, one other movie I can think of. Uh, Oh, it follows. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. Oh yeah. It's that ambiguous time frame where it, it really, it makes itself invincible to aging.
1: Yeah. And there's something mysterious, uh, now that I'm saying it, I'm not going to pull any examples, but, uh, yeah. but there are, uh, a lot of movies in the eighties and and early nineties and stuff like that, that kind of rely on that uh, 1950s thing. A lot of these uh, high school football players in the 1950s with cheerleaders and whatever, we kind of have it in back to the future. We've got it in a lot of these movies, something about that, that classic, uh, what you think of when you think of wholesome America. And then, and then again, looking at it from a deeper perspective, pulling back the curtain a little bit. The 1950s were so pure with the uh, with this and this, and, and and then you pull back a little bit, and no, it wasn't at all. No, <laughs> and I think no, that's why not. a lot of people go back to that, uh, and that's why it's uh, at least somewhat hinted at here.
0: Next question. Would this film have spinoffs and made in 2022? We always usually say yes. Mm -hmm. I am going to say this movie doesn't get spinoffs. It gets a direct sequel.
1: Yeah. uh, Agreed. I didn't have anything written down either to tell you the truth. And uh, again, like just like the last question I tried kind of hard. I thought to myself, well, what else could they do here? You can't really do a traditional spinoff in this sense, because what else are you going to do with these characters? Uh, you definitely can't do uh, once Truman's out in the world. You're not going to have another show about him. He can't go back. There's no, yeah. there's no going back. None of these secondary characters can uh, have a unscripted reality show made about them or anything. So, so what else could we do with this? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, definitely not a traditional spinoff.
0: Yeah, I think the sequel it follows Truman in the real world. He struggles to uh, exist. He he thought he was in love with this girl, but the real world's just beating him down. And then you almost go into Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Definitely. then that's a direct sequel to the Truman Show.
1: <laughs> it almost makes you wonder why that movie exists and why Jim Carrey's in it. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely true. right. Uh, I think that just like Ocean's Eleven last week, uh, just like Halloween before that, you have this sense of these movies end, and you want to know what happens next. I think this one wraps it up a little bit nicer than, than those. Whereas it wasn't meant for a sequel or, or it doesn't absolutely need one and it stands on its own just fine. But it would be interesting to see what happens next, how he deals with that. And I would all almost really like to see a crazy, insane unhinged Jim Carrey performance where he's out in the world and he's, he's now, uh, trying to figure out if he's uh got some insane mental illness he's breaking down at every point uh there's yeah, still he, he
0: dril- <laughs> develops trust issues doesn't know what's real what's not can't yeah. watch tv you know that would be a lot for somebody even myself if i if that happened to me
1: yeah i mean you, you have to ask yourself how do you walk away from this how do you yeah. how do you come to terms with okay well this is just a thing that happened it was it was odd uh, this doesn't happen to anybody else but Uh, now I'm out of this and I'm just going to go live my normal life. I don't think, I I think you're scarred for life at that point. I don't know how you uh, can bounce back.
0: Very true. There have been times in my life where something will happen and I'll look around and, and see if there's cameras watching or see who, who the actors are in my life. And <laughs> yeah. that's actually, I was reading about it. Uh, interesting enough. They, they actually, people suffer from that where they think everybody's an actor. They, they think they're part of a TV show and apparently, allegedly a lot of it stemmed from this movie. So yeah,
1: um, I, I had seen that too. Not, not in this time here watching, uh, but just articles yeah. I've read through, throughout time or whatever. This is, A syndrome almost, uh, maybe an offshoot of schizophrenia or something, you know, and and probably these thoughts or feelings or whatever were around before the Truman Show, but this put a name on it or or whatever. Uh But yes, a, a lot of, should I say a percentage of people, you know, somewhere out in the world. Do have these problems where they feel like they are the star of a show yeah. and and this and that's that's very interesting. I don't know how yeah. many other uh, movies you can say have a syndrome named after them. It's pretty this is true.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's a weird story, but I was I was standing at work the other day and like there's no way anybody could could look at my phone to see what I was looking at. And a guy walks by me and he says, "How's the stock market doing today, buddy?" Ooh. I was <laughs> a first of all not even looking at the stock market on my <laughs> phone. I think I was on TikTok or something (laughs) and then he's like oh it's a game for the rich and i thought that's the most npc moment i've ever had in my life oh yeah me off and then i started thinking oh my god am i in the truman show is this the (laughs) truman show who's real who's not so it's not that like serious i know but uh yeah to know that there's an actual mental illness that was brought to light because of this this kind of these thoughts is is mind-boggling
1: well, that, and then I think it's also very interesting to, to think about, maybe you don't know anyone who actually suffers from this and I don't, hopefully neither one of us do, Or, or, yeah. or, or but but it is out there in the zeitgeist and, and, and it is something that has been said at, at certain points in my life where people will say, oh shit, I feel like I'm on the Truman Show or something. Yes. It, it is an actual thing that people say you know, maybe it doesn't 100% apply to their condition. Of course, you have uh, somebody who's uh, maybe a a little sad or something, and they call themselves depressed, or they're happy one day and then sad the next, and they call themselves bipolar. And they're, of course, not clinically diagnosed with these things or experiencing those mental illnesses. But I feel like it's kind of the same thing. You feel like you're being watched. You feel like something's set up a certain way. You could almost say, damn, I feel like I'm in the Truman show right now. And that, that go.
0: well, I'm going to pay more attention to it. How many times uh, people mention this, this movie in, in that, in that terms in my life, what, uh, is your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote from this movie?
1: I do. I feel like probably the most favorite quote would be the one that I didn't write down. So I'll butcher if I even try to say it, but the, uh, uh, good morning in case I don't see yeah. you, I In case me. I
0: don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good yeah,
1: night That's a wonderful line, I, I love that line a lot And that's probably the most quotable If I could quote it correctly, which I can't But sure. but I do really like the quote that Truman says The early bird gathers no moss The rolling stone catches the worm I yeah. just <laughs> probably put that up there And it, it's fun I have tried to use that a couple of times in life, but also butchered that. So
0: now is that something that if you drop that reference in real life and someone responds to that, is it instant BFF or? Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely <laughs> that look your, your eyes lock. Is this magic? Right. right for sure. I get <laughs> okay. it. I, we all have those references. Yeah. I think, uh, and that's, I'm, I'm calling it right now. That's how we're going to sign off from this, this episode <laughs> is that, that, that line, what piece of movie memorabilia would you keep from this film?
1: That's amazing that you've done this now, uh, Four times in a row, and I still forget every single time to pull that out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the uh, with the with the light that drops in that in that uh, opening scene. I want yeah. that light plastered up in my comic book room here. I needed. Uh, I can tell every person who walks in that's the light that fell at the beginning of the Truman show. And everyone instantly knows what I'm talking about and wants to look at it. So
0: that's, that's a great (laughs) piece. Uh, It's the catalyst for the whole thing. That light doesn't fall then. Hey, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Who knows where this movie goes? I had to choose uh, Ed Harris's hat because it's, it's it's very end of the nineties, early two thousands fashion. You know,
1: it's a, it's a great hat. and, And you're right. That, does kind of encapsulate that time uh there mm-hmm. but i did a uh, side note notice that hat upon this viewing and thought to myself damn he pulls that hat off well and yes. then we, we kind of touched on it before when we were talking about iron man about uh actors shaving their heads going yes all oh, this and this uh yeah. he pulls it off fine but he also pulls off that hot uh, Hat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <under>. oh, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Ed Harris is the man. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see where he pulls off that
0: hat a lot better than I feel like most people could. Uh and yeah, for sure. It's it's something that I've seen people in my day-to-day life try to wear that kind of hat, and it doesn't suit everybody. But Ed Harris, you're the man if you're listening. Oh, yeah. Looking keep great. Keep wear, keep wearing that hat. Looks good on you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> on our next episode, I think I'm gonna DM someone on their Instagram. Uh, and see if they answer see if they want to be on this podcast so
1: yeah why the hell not
0: (laughs) here's a a hint for our next episode maybe we'll get jamie lee curtis yes okay that's a hint that's all we're saying for our next movie but that's only
1: for her activia commercials not for her (laughs) performance Halloween. yeah our
0: next our (laughs) next review will be uh an in-depth look at the activia commercials (laughs) yes from the the mid-2000s yeah Yeah. (laughs) she's great and everything but that's next week so stay tuned the last question is how do we rank this film out of 10 and why i'll start by saying this movie sits at 95 percent on rotten tomatoes wow it is the next to halloween i think one of the highest we've ever talked about i mean we only talk about good decent movies here um we should actually do shit but we'll talk off camera <laughs> about.
1: I, I'm, I'm sure we will that's probably yes.
0: <laughs> we should we'll call that one real bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> the itunes artwork for the episode <laughs> yeah, we're we'll working on it now our creative department that we don't have where does this movie sit for you on a scale from one to 10 and we are doing point fives of course how do you feel
1: i think every time we do this i try to explain first and to give my uh score second yep so i'm going to keep that tradition alive and say that while this is somewhat of a almost perfect film for me. I love everything that's going on here. I have touched on the fact that I love the Twilight Zone, and this is really a almost two hour long episode of Twilight Zone for me. I love the aesthetics here. I love the ambiguous time feel. I love all of the actors in this. It was cast perfectly. It was written very well. The lines are delivered great. There's really not much I can complain about in this movie, and the small small amount of things that I could. I already did. The only thing that takes off anything at all for me from that 10 is Lauren Garland's character and how she comes okay. back as the caller in that scene. But it does kind of weigh on me. I can't
0: lie. So I'm going with a 9.0. It's hard to put it at a nine and it's certainly not at a 10 for me. Because sure. like I said, every week 10 is, I, I'm i a firm believer that you have 10 movies that, are, that get 10s yeah everything yeah. else is re- relegated to a nine but that being said i looked at other movies that i rate a nine and those even those at nine still hold an emotional connection with me it's something that has a little bit of an attachment it's near perfect the truman show is a movie i can rewatch over and over again i can always find a different way to enjoy it i can always find a different facet of the movie to look at and research or learn about like this uh this the viewing was a little more about the Truman show disorder that people actually suffer from. I, I opened my eyes. So it's neat that 20, 24 years later, almost this movie can still make you think and is a, a very important part of not only my movie history and my experience with movies and what makes me love movies, um, uh, but it, it appeals to everybody. Everybody I've ever told to watch this movie or I've watched this movie with loves it. For that reason, I, I'm giving the Truman Show a nine as well.
1: Wow, a, a unanimous score. Yes. It, it's
0: <laughs> it, it, it's like Halloween and our first unanimous, and it's it's important to movies in what it does. The big point of Halloween when we talked about it was that. It's a first in so much, and so much revolves around the story and the success and, and the different parts of this movie of Halloween. And we talked, we got a lot, we talked a lot in depth about how the Truman show has affected TV, how it's affected pop culture. Really thought provoking movies it's always on everybody's list. So it's really not something that should be skipped by anybody. And it is an absolute much, must watch at nine. And I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more about what you said about the film it it definitely deserves every every ounce of respect
1: yeah it's it's one of those movies it's it's a rare find here so if you haven't seen this movie, um, of course I would assume that you have if you're listening to this episode, or maybe you just love our podcast so much that you just <laughs> listen to every episode, regardless of if you've seen the movie. Oh, I do God. that sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, for sure. sure. I understand. But uh, but this is a when I say near perfect movie, I mm-hmm. mean that in 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 all regards. This movie is so close to perfect for me. And we have touched on I think it was in our Oceans Eleven ep- episode where you, where you gave that uh, spoiler alert. Um, I, I actually, you could just beep this part out. I won't say what your score was cause you need to go back and listen to that. episode. Yeah. That's
0: your own fault. <laughs> <for my> own.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the score that you, you ended up giving that film, uh, yeah. sometimes it requires something to push it over that nine, that 9.5 into that 10 category. And a lot of times that's an emotional connection. That's a, a big point of nostalgia for you yes. or whatever it's hard to call something a 100 perfect film that nothing could have been changed on uh without that perspective so sure. this movie was great it came out at a very uh formidable time for me and sure. and all of that it, when i saw it and uh, upon my rewatches and everything it's a great movie and it's executed yeah. really really well and it is a near perfect movie for yeah. me but it does not have that level of emotional attachment that something else might.
0: And we'll, we'll definitely get to movies. I really hope that you, you can, you can offer some movies that, that are some tens for you sure. uh, because you have them. Everybody's got them. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there down the road. We are definitely telling you to watch the Truman show. If you haven't seen it, it's probably on my list of top movies of all time. You must watch before you die. Do you share that sentiment? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, cool.
1: Absolutely. If you haven't seen this movie, you have to see this movie. There's, there's no uh, world where you're a better person for not seeing this movie. Watch this damn movie.
0: There you go. Go watch the damn movie. Uh, that is everything we have to say about the movie. Any final thoughts? Any quick uh, quick facts? Any quick... Uh...
1: You know, yes. Actually, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had this whole thing prepared that I completely forgot about. Sure. I, I think I will take you out for one second. Uh, okay. My thoughts watching this time really stuck with Meryl. I thought a lot about what this meant for Meryl because you have these other characters. You've got uh, everybody else aside from maybe Christoph who can separate themselves from this to a certain extent. Sure. You have uh, Truman's mother, you have his best friend, you have co-workers and things like that who have to be around a good amount of time. But Meryl has to be there 100% of the time other than when she is at work or asleep. So, does Meryl, is there any amount of pay or anything incentivizing her to do this uh, where 100% of her life is spent in this complete facade where she's pretending to be someone's wife who she's actually not and she's playing a character 100% yeah. of the time? What's the incentive for Meryl? This is a fucking nightmare for her. (laughs) (laughs) She owes somebody something. I I hope once she got off the show, she got a a huge giant settlement and she's living out the best possible scenario that she can. Just imagine yourself in
0: those shoes. Yeah. Really impressive, definitely something that I'm sure there's a YouTube video for the legal ramifications ramifications <laughs> of the Truman Show. Find it on your own. We're not doing that for you, the homework for you. That has been everything from me. Uh, I'm Jer. I'm Dan. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> good night. The lawn cam, give me the lawn
1: cam. Don't look in the camera. Say something. Keep it going. Keep it going. He's gone. Cut transmission.